because of isolation, I have said for years that networks insulate. You can't build a business and maintain it in isolation. You need a network. You need other people. It insulates you through these times. Well, now, you know, it's one of these things. All of a sudden, I've become this sort of overnight, you know, success in some ways of, oh, listen to this message. Well, I've been saying this for 10 years, but now it seems relevant to people. But the thing is, is that message is timely now, but it's timeless in its truth. And it will always be true that we need to build networks and relationships matter. Welcome to the Thought Leader Revolution with Nikki Ballou. Join the revolution. There's never been a better time in history to speak your truth, find your freedom, and make your fortune. Each week, we interview the world's top thought leaders and learn the secrets of how they built a six to seven figure practice. This episode has been brought to you by eCircleAcademy.com, the proven system to add six to seven figures a year to your thought leader practice. Welcome to another exciting episode of the podcast, The Thought Leader Revolution. I'm your host, Nikki Ballou. And boy, do we have an exciting guest lined up for you today. Today's guest is one of the leading experts in the field of business networking. In fact, this gentleman has a podcast in which he delves into the subject, and he has an entire organization dedicated to the proposition of helping businessmen and women use the power of networking more effectively to grow their business. I am speaking, of course, of none other than the one, the only, the legendary Chaz Wilson. Welcome to the show, Chaz. Nikki, my man, thanks for inviting me. I'm so honored to be with you today. Chaz, my man, the honor is all mine. It's so exciting to have you here just after you interviewed me on your show. So it's really, really fun. So Chaz, I've gotten to know you a little bit. I've gotten to love and respect you and what you're all about and the mission you have to shift the world and change the world. But my listener, they don't know you yet. They need to fall in love with you and what you're all about. So tell us your backstory. How'd you get to be the great Chaz Wilson? Hey, Nikki. Well, I appreciate that. L- listen, I first and foremost, I am a a devoted husband and father. And I think that's important because it drives everything I do. You know, my wife and I just celebrated 20 years. We're super excited about that. Uh, although we went through sort of our 20 year celebration with COVID. So none of the plans we had all these years, we're like, I had our 20 anniversary. We're going to do this and this and this. And we weren't able to do that. I, so, but we celebrated our 20 years. We have five children. Uh, our oldest is graduating high school this next year, his senior year. And, uh, you know, that really drives everything I'm about. And when I first got, I've always been sort of from a business side, been a serial entrepreneur. In fact, when I was in high school, a friend of mine, they owned a hat company, right? And so all my friends would wear these caps, these college caps. And it's really where I got the entrepreneurial bug because what happened was I did some summer work for them one time and I saw these new hats coming in from wherever they were made. I don't know where they were, but they came in on these pallets. And I would help unbox these hats. And I was like, oh, can I get that one? Like, that's super cool. I've never seen that hat. It's like, yeah, you can take that hat. And then, of course, I'd wear it. And my buddies all wanted it. So I'd come back to him and say, hey, can I take some for my buddies? They want this size or whatever. He'd say, here's the deal. And this is where I first learned, like, wholesale, margin, all of this. And it blew my mind. You know, in high school, you don't think about this stuff. But he said, look, I, I'll, I'll let you buy any hat you want in here for $5. That's basically my cost. You can have it for $5. You can sell it for whatever you want. You just can't sell it for more than, I think it was $20 because that's what the store sold them for. 
I was like, you mean I could basically make $15 on every hat? And, you know, as a high school kid, I'm thinking I could do three or four of those an hour. That's more than my buddies are making like double, you know, at the gas station or wherever they were working. And I did, I, I was, man, I was selling hats out of my back of my car, my, my locker and everyone had books in their locker. My locker had hats and I loved it. And until the school found out, and then I think they wanted a piece of the action and they're like, you can't sell hats here anymore. But that was really where I got my entrepreneurial start. And then, you know, as an adult, I got into real estate on some real estate mortgage and title companies. Then 2008, 2009 hit. And I, for a while, it was really cool, Nikki, to be the owner of a company. But in 2009, what it meant was I owned all the debt, all the liability, and that was no, no good. Right. It was at the same time we were, we, our last two, our, our five children, our last two are twins. Wow. And so, so we had, we had boy, girl, boy, and my wife was a labor delivery nurse in Minnesota at the Mayo Clinic. And she said, I, I feel like we should have another child. And, you know, I didn't argue with my wife in any way. If she's like, Hey, we need to have another child. I'm like, okay. She said, I feel like we're gonna have a girl, boy, girl, boy, girl. And we had twin boys. So huh. right at that same time is when my real estate business was falling apart. And, but what I'd realized what had helped me through that whole time was the network that I had, the relationships, everything that I have of any significance in my life is through a relationship. My five children, my significant other, right? The business that I had was through significant partnerships. What I realized was it was the network that I had built had insulated me through that time. And it became a passion of mine to teach others how to network and why it was important that it wasn't just this transactional deal, but a relational piece. And so we started Master Networks uh, in 2011, and and then here we are today. You know, that's an incredible story, and I really want you to unpack some of it with me right now. So you're a husband and a father, so obviously that defines who you are. In fact, when I release these episodes, I always post them on Facebook, and I say, you know, Chaz Wilson, husband, father, patriot, master networker, you know, and then come listen to him, share his secrets of how to be a master networker. And that's how I do it. So I love that you started off by saying that you're a husband and a father, because that truly defines who you are. It means family is important to you. Amen. God bless. Second thing is you had a network to fall back on when the world collapsed on you back in 2008. That's important. That's powerful. Everybody needs that. Wouldn't you agree? Oh, in fact, if, if, so I've been teaching that since, you know, roughly 2011 was when I really started to teach this. And I would say over the last three to five years, I I sort of would even joke with my team at times, I would say some of these things and think people looked at me at times like, oh, it's just these statements. And I'm like, no, it's not. This is a belief. Well, now because of isolation, I have said for years that networks insulate, you can't build a business and maintain it in isolation. You need a network, you need other people. It insulates you through these times. Well now, you know, it's one of these things, all of a sudden I've become this sort of overnight, you know, success in some ways of, oh, listen to this message. Well, I've been saying this for 10 years, but now it seems relevant to people. But the thing is, is that message is timely now, but it's timeless in its truth. And it will always be true that we need to build networks and relationships matter. You know, it's so true relationships matter very much because people matter. It's not a numbers game. It's a people game. And that's not original to me. That's from the great Mark Von Muser. What's your comment on that? Yeah. I mean, again, I think each and every one of us, look, business, 
this is one of the things that I teach. I, I don't, I don't like the phrase small business. I think, and I'm going to tie this into relationships because Government may use the term small business, right? They, they do that to put you in a tax bracket or a status. But the reality is you and I know this, that no, there's nothing small about what any business does. I don't care if you work by yourself, for yourself, there's nothing small about it. In fact, many of these people are the ones who are the first in, last to leave. They sponsor the local baseball teams and Boy Scout and Girl Scout troops and all of these kinds of things. So there's nothing small about what they do. But even, quote, big business is typically run by local people. You know, think of a hotel you go to. It might have a big name like Hilton or Marriott on it. But most of the people there are local. And so it's run by local people. And that's why relationships matter because it's people that run these businesses. It's people that serve the community. And so if you treat everything transactionally, you will miss the mark. You might have a good year, but you won't have a good career. So well said. There's a huge distinction between transactional versus transformational business. Transactional business people are kind of old school, like Fuller Brush folks back in the 50s and the 60s. They're all about, sure. give me the sale. I'm done. It's all good. They don't really care what happens after that. Transformational business is about making a transformation in the life of the other person that you work with. As a result of them doing business with you, buying your product, buying your service, you have an intention that they have a transformational impact inside their life, inside their business. And that's a powerful distinction. And in this day and age, in 2020, People more than ever are not looking for transactional anything. They're looking for transformational relationships. They're looking for transformational interactions so that when they decide to do business with you, as a result of them doing business with you, their, their business goes from tragic to magic. Their life goes from uh, horrible to heavenly. That's important for people to understand. It's all about transformational business. What's your comment on that? Uh, gosh, I have a lot, but let me just break down maybe some simple, just daily ways to look at this. I mean, I, and I try to teach my children this too, just at the simplest way so that they become aware of what's happening around them, of, of the difference of how a business, because that's obviously the world I, I operate in and I'm teaching and I'm aware of, conditioned in. But like, for example, my family, we have this restaurant right around the, the corner from us that it's a small little sushi place, fairly new. My, my boys love sushi. And let me tell you, I have four boys and one girl. It is expensive to take four boys to eat sushi. <laughs> my boys are all, they, they can pack it away. Let me tell you. So, but anyway, we go to this place and, and listen, there's good sushi around us where we're at, but why do we love this place? because the owner is based on relationship. He is there, he knows us, he welcomes us when we're there. When we walk in, heck, I probably don't even need to order. He knows what we want and they're already starting it when we walk in. You know what I mean? Like it, 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 it takes it from a transactional experience to, as you said, relational and transformational. I can now focus, by the way, phones go away, we can sit down and we can have a conversation as a family. We're not worried about what we're ordering and all that. Like we're, it, it's just focused on them because he makes an environment such that we can do that. So what, when we go out, where do we choose to go? And I'm using that like a real basic example because I think it doesn't matter what business, you don't have to be like a transformational coach or you don't have, it could be in the basics that you do everyday life of how you uh, people and influence them from, from where you eat to where you buy clothes to whatever it is. The people can have that kind of experience. 
You know, I really believe in what you're saying because what you're saying essentially is that if somebody takes the time to get to know you and invest in you, that creates a desire for you to invest back in them, right? And so we, my, my boys and I have two sons, we're crazy about sushi too. And there's a place here in the beach in Toronto called Yume Sushi. The owner knows us. The waiters know us. The sushi chef knows us. One of the waitresses knows us. We come in there. The guy goes, let me guess, spicy tuna roll with brown rice, right? Extra spicy. I go, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's the beauty of it all, right? Yes. Well, think, Nikki, think about this for a second. You and I are probably of the age who would remember this. I don't know how old the listeners will be, but the younger ones may not remember us. You remember the show Cheers? You ever watch the show Cheers? I love Cheers. Made okay. him alone. When yeah, right. So Norm walks in the bar. What happens when Norm walks in the bar? Everyone, Norm! Norm! Right? Everyone, yeah, right? Everyone will yell it out. Because everyone wants to, you want to go where everyone knows your name. So Right? Well that was said. the song. So think about that. Like that's an older show. And yet it's more relevant, I think, today in some ways. It's still, it's still timely that people want to go with everything so technological right now. And yes, there's convenience to that, but you and I just gave the example of why we like to go places where someone would remember our name and someone knows us and we feel welcome. That's true if you're in third grade and it's true if you're 30 years old, it's the same. So well said, brother. So well said. You want to be valued. And that's when you start to have enough trust with somebody that you're going to be interested, not just in doing business with them, but potentially in finding ways to help them get business right? You're going to want them to be successful when you've got that kind of affinity and relationship built with them. Yeah. Yeah. And so if you think about that with your customers or your partners or, or your strategic alliances you have with people, if you took that same kind of interest, as you said, in people and understanding the relationship, I'll give you an example. Like, let me, and this, this is not a pat on my own back. I'm just using it as an example, right? What happens is so, so I have a partner who, you know, we've done life together over the last few years and he's done some great things and he accomplished a goal that he wanted to accomplish. Well, one of the things I know about him is he's a very patriotic guy. And so I went and found there's a company called Flags of Valor and it's uh, returning vets who maybe were injured. And, and so this company gives them a job making flags out of wood and they're really cool and they're kind of big, uh, big flags you can put on your wall, et cetera. And so I just ordered one for him, a couple hundred bucks, had it sent to him. He was just over the moon. He's like, man, I, I, gosh, I didn't realize you knew how much, like this means everything to me. And I thought it was a simple gesture, but it took the time ahead of time to know him, to know what his interests are, et cetera, to do something like that. And that's where you transform just sort of transactional, hey, we do business together to now we do life together. And the impact is just, just the massive ripple uh, happens when you treat people like that. Exactly. Exactly. So well said. And I'm so glad you did that for your friend. And kudos to your friend for being a patriot. Right now, we're all about helping patriots be more successful in all areas of life. I got to tell you, I think it's a wonderful thing when someone believes in the greatness of the United States of America, of the free West, and all the wonderful things that become possible for people because of the incredible system of individual liberty that this nation in particular has delivered to the world. 
Yes, I couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more. So your friend, you know, becomes happy. You become happy. Your friend runs into somebody who may need help in their business. And the first thing your friend's going to say is, I think you need to talk to Chaz Wilson. And God Mm. notices that you did that, even if your friend doesn't directly give to you. The fact that you gave shows God that you need to be given to. You're into the energy of giving. So God may bring you a beautiful business benefit from some other person in some other way. And that's the beauty of being a master networker who comes from a heart-centric place first. Yeah, and just to clarify, because sometimes I teach this and I'll use examples like this and it gets misunderstood. So I want to clarify something. My intent of sending that, though, is never to get anything in return. So, and I know you weren't saying that either, but sometimes people hear that message and they think, oh, like, is this some kind of thing that you do? So he'll send you business? Never. The reality of what I understand is if I help people grow, and I'm, by the way, I'm not, I'm not ashamed to ask for business. That's not it. But I don't do it with the attached intention that he's going to send me business at all, because I will always be let down and disappointed if that's the case. And it's never the right intention anyway. So I just want to clarify that because sometimes that gets missed. Uh, I don't make that point clear enough. Listen, if you did do it with the intention of getting something back, it wouldn't work anyways, right? I agree. The energy will only ever work if you just give it away freely. It's like, you know, it's, it's a bit like unconditional love. You can't love somebody so they love you back. You just love them. Mm-hmm. And, and this, is the, this is the beauty of the Chaz Wilson Master Networking System. Yeah, this is what we do, man. This is what we teach. And this is why we are on a mission to build legacy beyond business. Because when you have a successful business, you have the ability, the leverage, the power, the platform to impact lives far beyond just the business, right? The fact that our, we have a successful business that's impacting lives across the country and across the world is one thing. But then the fact that now we can use those resources and platform to impact others and my own children and my employees, families and all that. That's where it becomes significant more than just successful. And you know what? That's why I so enjoy talking to you and dealing with you because you come from that space where you want to make a difference. You want to be fulfilled first. And because you do that, all the success in the world comes your way. God bless your heart for doing that, Chess. Thank you. Appreciate that. So Chaz, let's dig into this a little more deeply. Let's dig into this whole concept of thought leadership and heart leadership. So one of my mentors is a man by the name of Matt Church out of Australia. And Matt says, an expert is someone who knows something. A thought leader is someone who's known for knowing something. Essentially, what he's saying is you're professionally famous. Experts are a dime a dozen. Thought leaders are rare and valuable. What's your comment on that? Well, I, I mean, he's exactly right. I agree with that. And there's, there, there's, uh, there's experts, as you said, that are known or, or know something. And then there's the thought leaders that are known for knowing something. And I think, you know, one of the, one of the important things is, you know, information, first of all, so readily accessible, but being a thought leader is probably the way you can make one of the biggest impacts around, I mean, I'm writing a book called Impact, Becoming a Person of Positive Influence. Uh, writing it with my mentor and my friend, it's just been a great experience. And one of the things we discuss in there is that being a thought leader, if, uh, in, in reference to that, is 
is the way you set yourself up and set yourself out to make an impact, right? So I, I couldn't agree more with that statement. And I just think it's a valuable resource for people to follow you and follow the things you teach to become a thought leader. And frankly, right now, we need more positive thought leaders. There are lots of thought leaders out there right now in the space. You can flip your social media on right now and see plenty of them that I think are not, there's thought leaders not sending positive messages. So we need more positive thought leaders. You know, there's a lot of truth in what you're saying. Uh, we live in a crazy time right now, right? I mean, there's COVID-19, you know, there's uh, a whole bunch of awareness that's come as a result of this this uh, this man, uh, George Floyd, who was tragically killed uh, by police or a member of the police, I should say, because I think there's a distinction between that happening by police and a bad apple in the police yes. department, which is what I think in the, happened in this case. I think everyone agrees with that as well. And there's a lot of people that are scared, upset, angry, some of them, you know, rightfully so, because this is bringing up for them experiences they've had, experiences that I've never had, you know, although I've had different experiences that haven't been pleasant myself, uh, and the experiences that that are, are causing a lot of uncertainty. And unfortunately, the media, rather than trying to help bring us together, is trying to divide us. And this division is causing people to be unsure of what direction they ought to take next. And we need leaders right now who can step forward and say, hey, you know what? Yeah, things are tough. Yeah, some nasty stuff has happened out there, but we are bigger than this. We can transcend this. We know what's wrong with the system. We're taking action to fix it. For crying out loud, the fellow who, you know, took uh, this, this man's life, you know, the man's been charged with first degree murder. You know, it, He's going to get convicted, right? He's going to pay a price for this. To me, that's justice because if you look back maybe 50, 60, 70 years ago, that might not have happened. Somebody in, in the higher-ups might have found a way to cover it up, or right now that's not possible. I think that's progress. Mm. Mm. Yeah. I agree. I think it, I think it is. But I, I, I think what's interesting is at least the discussions in, in the circle I'm having is, you know, there are – there are popular voices and then there's powerful, popular opinion voices and powerful voices. And sometimes the powerful voices are so loud, one might think it's a popular opinion. And yeah. I, I believe, unfortunately, that whatever powerful voices are and wherever those are coming from, the way it's being portrayed would would want to force you and I into a decision of one side or the other, that it literally is again, no pun intended, left or right, black or white. It's like, which side do you fit on on everything? And the reality is, is that many of these issues are more complex than just a line down the middle. Amen. Uh, many of them have different context to them. And, you know, it's easy to hate from afar. It's hard to do it up close. No, very and, true. Right. And in many cases, I have members of my community across the country on different sides of the political aisle or or religious or race or what, whatever economic. And what we've encouraged people to do is to learn to come together and have discussion and, and treat just like my kids, if they are arguing or fighting over something, I would have them sit down and talk through it. Yeah. And, and so just for people to be voices of positivity, look, when it comes to social media, this is my mantra right now, be a producer of positivity, not a consumer of chaos. Mm, I love that. That's so powerful. 
Yeah, because look, you 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 hop on social media and what do you do? You consume. In fact, I just did a Facebook Live on this. And what I said was, think about it this way. Your body needs food, right? So would you go to your pantry or your fridge and just like, would you open up the refrigerator and and grab the first thing your eyes set on and put it in your body? Like, oh, look, uh, spicy or soy sauce, let's drink it. No, you would never do that. Yet, we feed our minds by hopping on social media and just no filter of what we're looking at. None. Yeah. And so we're consuming all this chaos all day long and thinking it's not affecting us. Of, of course it is. Yeah, we need to go on a news media diet. That's the first thing I say. Look, you know what? Things are not as bad as they seem to be. There's a lot more good people out there than there are bad people. And good people of goodwill want to have us move forward in a way that leaves everybody honored, right? The truth of the matter is consuming chaos is terrible for you. And the truth of the matter is we right now have an opportunity to come from our greatness, to bring people together, to call those people in our lives who are hurting and elevate them. And if we elevate those people who need to hear from us, our world is going to be a better place. That's how you get to be a master networker, one person at a time, one phone call at a time. And as soon as this series of, of, of lockdown orders get taken away, one face-to-face meeting at a time. Well, you just, by the way, you're speaking our language. We call them, just so you know, we call our meetings face-to-face. We call them, uh, you know, you and I meeting right now, we call it a face-to-face. And that was intentional because, you know, there's other organizations that say, you know, have a one-on-one or a one-to-one or a meeting or a meetup, but we call them face-to-face because we really believe you should be face-to-face, look each other in the eye as much as you can and be together. When you do that, things change because as you just said, it's it's one relation. We, I firmly believe you are only, the quickest path to where you want to get is through a relationship and you're only one relationship away from absolutely changing your future and your destiny. Just one. Well, imagine if you had a whole network of people like that that could change your future. You've multiplied your network exponentially to get where you want to go. It is a multiplying effect. You know what, brother? That's so true. That's so true. The important thing is for you to take action, to be in communication on a day-to-day basis. So when's your book coming out? So our our goal is next spring, this uh, April of 2021, uh, that we will have it ready for release. Uh, we're doing some, this, this is, uh, I, my first two books I wrote were sort of like, they were in my head, they were there. And it was how quick can I get them, you know, kind of out to the marketplace. This one, it feels like such a labor of love. We were like doing research and really just driving. We want this book to be so many people get into business because they want to help people and they want to change people's lives, right? Like say, you know, we talked to somebody we interviewed and he said, they're in chiropractic. He said, well, why'd you get into chiropractic? Well, I love people. I want to help them, et cetera. Great. I want to have an impact. Oh, okay. So that's why we named the book impact. I want to have an impact. That's what we heard almost every time. Well, how do you do that? How do you actually make an impact? You know, what was fascinating. We people, that was the question people struggled with. How do I actually go make an impact? So we took that from the interviews was we believe the most influential people out there, the most impactful people we found they followed a process and maybe they didn't know it consciously they were doing it, but we dissected it and realized there was four characteristics they all had that they were implementing to make them a person of influence and impact. And so we then we document that in the book. So right now we're doing some case studies. We're teaching some of that to people to see if, you know, is, is our theory of what we're looking at accurate? Can people really become a person of influence and impact based on these things? And so by April, we believe we'll have all of that ready to go. 
Wow, man, that's amazing. That's amazing. I'm looking forward to it. You're going to have to send me a signed copy, brother. Man, I'll get you an early release copy. How about that? That's even better. I love it. I love it. Signed, I hope. I'm into I'm yes, into having sure. signed copies of books from great authors. So No question. So listen, you know what? I'm really enjoying this conversation. This has been a very powerful conversation. Let's get, let's go a little bit more deeply into the thought leadership side. So there's a, a few other characteristics of thought leadership that we say are important if someone truly is to be a thought leader and have the kind of impact that they're meant to have in the world. So number one is that you need to do original thinking. Who would have thought it? To be a thought leader, you got to do original thinking, right? (laughs) Right, right. It's the hardest thing to do in the world, though. You know, there's a lot of smart people out there who spend a lifetime learning stuff. They're true experts, but they haven't taken the time to go sit down, take those things that they know, and think about them critically, write them out in a structured way to create their own intellectual property with it. And we believe that's Step one is you got to learn how to do that. And most people don't know how to do that. That's one of the things we say you need to learn how to do. It's one of the things we teach people to do inside our community, inside our work. What's your comment on that? Uh, I agree. So like if you if you take the book Impact I was just talking about, I, like the characteristics are the characteristics. That's not like new. It's just the way that we're putting it together, the way that we've dissected becomes – the intellectual property becomes what we've discovered of this. Same with my business book called Five Plus One. And it was interesting when I wrote that book, again, with my mentor who's written, I think, nine best-selling books and and has been a thought leader in the real estate industry and is a good friend of mine. One of the things we talked about was all of the pieces that we then dissected and looked at business success and said, okay, there's a sequential process that business owners have. So we then took it and put that into the process and then tested it against other successful businesses and said, ah, there it is. Individually, those aren't necessarily like all new ideas and new concepts per se, but putting it and packaging it the way we do and the way we teach it absolutely is. Um, we came up with a uh, something that the way we network, right? We call it the bond method. It's in completely our intellectual property. We developed it. We put it to work. We tested it, all of that. So those kinds of intellectual property pieces that we teach does a couple of things. One, it creates me as a thought leader, but more importantly, it creates a language and a culture for those who are in our tribe to follow. See, think about language and culture. You can think about this in political, religious, there's a language, right? People sometimes join a religion or a church and they go, well, I don't quite understand the lingo here. That language from the thought leaders, if you will, whether it be Christianity, whatever, that that language creates a culture within it. Political parties, right, have their own language and creates a culture. And the thought leader then puts that language in place. And so we did that in our organization. We were very clear from the beginning that the language we use, we even say it in our mission statement is, or a brilliant, the basic statement, we say, learn the language, live the culture. Because when you learn it and you, you then have the culture, you have a movement and a thought leader without a movement, I think is just out on a walk by themselves. You know what? That's, uh, that, that's something I've heard John Maxwell say about leadership period. So it's really, really good. Correct. Right. <laughs> exactly. Yep. Yeah. So, okay, great. The other aspect of thought leadership is you need to like be the best at what you do or one of the best in your field. If you're going to be a thought leader, do the original thinking and do it to the extent that you become premium in your field. You become the leader in your field, the thought leader in your field. You can't just be an also ran. What are your comments on that? Yeah, agreed. I mean, 
we talk about this all the time with our leadership team about being the best at what we do. Um, we, we, we absolutely practice that. We preach that. We live that. It's one of our core values to be the best at what we do. So that has to show up everywhere the, to, the, to the way you answer your phones, to the way you train your team, to the way you do that, right? It's one thing to say all of these things. It's one thing if I was on here, uh, again, appreciate the invite. If I'm on your show and I say all these things and then your experience is different when you show up to one of our events, right? That would be that would be us not being the best at what we do. I, I'm very intelligent. I can express the thought, but then the product doesn't show up. The service doesn't show up that way. So we, we talk about that all the time. Be who we tell everyone we are. That's what we tell our people. Be who we tell everyone we are. And when you do that, and when you help others achieve success, you know the interesting thing, Nikki, I don't really ever have to get up and talk about Master Networks. I have an army of people out talking about master networks because my goal is to help them be more successful and build their legacy and be the best at that. And then they, they tell everyone about what we do. I love it. I love it. I love it. Okay. Point number three, the third pillar of thought leadership, leverage. So this is one very few people get in our experience. And I learned this from Matt Church. So Matt Church says that most people who are service-driven business owners and thought leaders or wannabe thought leaders only deliver what they do in one way. Maybe they do it through, I don't know, training events. Maybe they do it through speaking. Maybe they do it through authorship. Maybe they do it through mentoring and coaching. Matt says that limits you because if you put yourself in a box, someone's, for example, uh, a, a trainer, No one's ever going to consider them for being a speaker or a coach because they're a trainer. Or if someone's a coach, an executive coach, they're not going to be considered very seriously as someone who delivers a training program. But if you're the thought leader, the expert in area X, so for example, in your area in networking, and there's an organization that says, you know what, we need to bring in a keynote speaker. Who should we bring in? Should we bring in a speaker or should we bring in the number one thought leader in the space? right? Chaz Wilson. I think we're going to bring in Chaz. And then they see your talk and they go, oh, wow, man, we got, we need to teach all of our people this. Thanks for the talk. And then you might say, you know, guys, I just delivered a really great talk for you guys, but you and I both know that in three days, your team's going to forget most of what they, what they got here. What we need is we need a training program for an additional 12 weeks to really drive these lessons deep into their corporate DNA, And the person over there is going to go, wow, you're right. Do you have something like that? You're going to go, as a matter of fact, I do. And we're going to offer this to you. How many people were here today that need to go through this? He's going to say maybe 250. Great. For $3,000 ahead, we've got a 12-week program that we can do for you and your team. 3,000 times 250, that's $750,000 versus just $10,000 for a keynote talk. That's the power of leverage within the world of thought leadership. I'd love to hear your comments on that. Wow. So I have a lot. I'm going to be really succinct and very clear. So first of all, being just a keynote speaker, in my opinion, is not a business. First of all, I mean, you might be a thought leader, but I don't think you have a business. The business needs to operate. You, You add fuel to the business, but it needs to operate whether you're there or not. And so being a thought leader, having multiple streams or multiple ways that you deliver that content is so true. I mean, think about it this way. If I showed up, I might be the most intelligent. You used me as the example, so I'll just use that, right? I might be the most intelligent 
person in my space as the thought leader. I'm, I'm there speaking. But as you said, I have nothing to offer of people how to do it. The problem is, and I've experienced this, I've heard people on stage where they walk away and I'm like, man, that was so incredible, but I could never be them and I could never do what they did. So it really doesn't matter. And I think where you become a thought leader and how you transfer your thought leadership to others is because you cast a vision that they can do it. They can be what they desire to be based on what you're teaching. It's, it's, it's a lot like it's transferring a vision to them that not only is what I'm saying accurate, but you can do it to me is the most important part about being a thought leader. That's just my opinion on it. I love it. I love it. And so let's talk about one of the last pillars that we're going to talk about right now, which I think is powerful, is you need to be known for solving one problem better than anybody else. And if you're known for that, then you're truly a thought leader. Like it goes something like this. You know, there's the the great American uh, political operative, Roger Stone, right? Who's been who's been a political operative since you know the Nixon era back in '72. He said that how it was for him was when he first started to get into business. People said, "Who are you?" Then they started to say, "Get me Roger Stone." Right. And by the time they said, get me Roger Stone, it was because Roger Stone was the guy they knew could solve the problem. So here's what was going on in the 2000 election. Right. Where there was the hanging chads in Florida and this and that. And 500 mm, votes right. separated George W. Bush from Al Gore. Here's what happened. Um The Republicans were in, 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 a, in a jam and James Baker uh, who, you know, was secretary of state under George Bush's father said, you know what? Get me Roger Stone. Roger will figure out how we can win this. So he did. Roger incited something called the Brooks Brothers riot, where a bunch of guys in Brooks Brothers suit started to go and protest outside of, you know, the Florida Supreme Court. And they, they, they were wearing, they were like nicely dressed and this and that. The other, and as a result, people said, oh, wow. So we're not going to just hear from one side because there was, the other side was protesting. We're also hearing from this other side and they're protesting, but they seem to be doing it in a more calm and orderly manner. And at the end of that vote, the Florida Supreme Court, the, the, the Florida Supreme Court voted in favor of, uh, of Roger Stone. And then it went to the U.S. Supreme Court, not Roger Stone, George Bush. And then the U.S. Supreme Court voted in favor of George Bush as well. And then the election was over. George Bush won, right? And he became the yep. uh, the 43rd president. And it was Roger Stone's n- notoriety, if you will, for being a guy who could solve a tough, thorny problem that had them call him. And he made a ton of money from that uh, particular uh, experience from that particular engagement that he had. So what are your comments on that? I, I, first of all, you explained it so well in that example. I don't know that I have a tremendous amount of value to add to that other than I agree. And I think, um, you know, number one, you got to know it, you got to live it. You got to, you got to be experienced. You got to show other success with it. Otherwise, um, you know, you don't show up. So being known for that one problem you solve, I mean, for us, it's something we talk about all the time as far as, especially with my marketing team, you know, are we clear in that message? And I think there are people that solve that problem, but are they clear in the way that they describe them? I mean, Roger Stone obviously became clear in what the problem was he solved. Are, are we clear in the problem that we solve? 
And I think sometimes we're not. Sometimes we're not as clear as we could be about the problem we solve. And I think there's a lot of businesses and a lot of thought leaders that are like that. Like they, they can actually solve many levels of problems. So then it becomes, well, which is the greatest problem we solve? And because they're really skilled and they're thought leaders and they, they can do a lot of things, it becomes muddy. And so I think the clarity helps people then have confidence that they're the right person for the job. You know what, my man? So well said. So well said. I'm really enjoying this conversation. We're definitely going to have to have you back when the book actually comes out. So Appreciate it, man. So listen, how do people find out more about Master Networks and about the books that you've written? How do they get involved? Super easy. They can go to masternetworks.com and we have the books there. We have a store. They can order the books there. Um, they can learn about Master Networks, where we have chapters, where we're growing, where we're launching new areas, et cetera. So just go to masternetworks.com. You can also follow us on any social media. You can either type Master Networks or, or my name, Chaz, C-H-A-S, Wilson, W-I-L-S-O-N, and you can find me on pretty much any social media handle. Love it. We'll make sure we put those in the show notes. We like to end off each and every single one of our episodes by asking you as our guest expert, what are your top three expert action steps, pieces of advice that you want our listener to take on in his or her life so that he or she can take it to the next level? What say you? Okay. So here's real simple what it is. You create a top 20 list. These are, these are people. This is what I, I deploy this activity all the time. I, and I could give you experiences of where this has been successful, but you create a top 20 list of people that know your ideal customer right? So they become your ideal connector. You make that list, list them out, the names. You don't have to know, you know of them, but you don't have to know them. So the first thing is you create the list. The second is you schedule an opportunity to either talk with them via Zoom or face-to-face. Somehow you get face-to-face with them, which we have strategies on how to do that. That's number two. And then the third is you use our bond method on how to build connection with them. And you can learn about our bond method in all of our books and or you can get the bond method for free right off our website at masternetworks.com and it will teach you the bond method to, to make connections with these ideal connectors. So make your top 20 list, schedule your face-to-face with them and then use our bond method to build that connection. Man, those are three awesome expert action steps. I wrote those down. Those are good. I'm going to use that. Okay, so listener, Chaz Wilson is the real deal. You can feel this man's level of sincerity, his level of caring, his heart for people. And you are probably asking yourself, Nikki, how do I live my best life like Chaz is living his best life? And boy, is that an amazing question. So here's my answer. Ready? So my answer is this. You need to do three things, okay? The first thing you need to do is you need to like go ask yourself some questions. Do I really want this? Get serious with yourself. Do I want to live my best life? Do I want to go out there and get my business to the next level? Because you know what? You might be thinking that you want it, but maybe you don't. Make sure you want it. And once you've answered that for yourself definitively one way or the other, and hopefully in the affirmative, if that's what you want to do, then here's what we can tell you. We know that you want to have your life turn out so that you're confident that you can handle anything and you can be successful inside your business as a thought leader. And in order for you to be able to do that, you need to grow your business, period, full stop. And the problem is you might 
not know how to do it. So that's one of the reasons you listen to this podcast, right? But it's also one of the things that makes you feel anxious and question yourself. Do I have what it takes? Do I not have what it takes? Here's my answer that you absolutely have what it takes. You just don't believe in yourself yet. And we also think that you've been trying to do it by yourself. You've been trying to do it alone. And I know Chaz is going to agree with me when I say this. Don't do it alone. Hashtag don't do 2020, 2021. Don't do anything alone. You deserve help from people who care, from people who've been there, people like Chaz, people like myself, right? And I understand, Chaz understands, you've been doing everything you know how to grow your business, right? But it hasn't worked out for you. And here's why I'm offering what I'm about to offer to you, right? I have created a community, a system, an approach that's helped the majority of the people who come and become members in our in our systems to add six figures, quarter million dollars, half a million, a million dollars a year to their business versus just 1% of business owners being able to do that on their own, okay? So the majority of the people we work with versus just 1% of business owners, right? And here's the simple way to do it. Go to my website, ecircleacademy.com, and click on the button that says schedule a call. So schedule a call with us, right? If you like the approach and we like the look of you and the sound of you and we think you're serious, then we'll invite you to come to participate in our training programs. Get trained in them and then grow your business. So don't delay. Schedule your success call right now. And hey, if you're not quite ready to do that, at least go on the same website and download this free report. I have six steps to grow your service-based business or click on the other button, which is a free webinar masterclass that's going to show you those same six steps in greater detail one by one on what you can do to take your business to the next level. Take advantage. These All three of these offers are absolutely free. Take advantage of them. So once you take advantage of them, here's what's going to happen for you, right? You're no longer going to be stuck at this space of indecision, this space of can I do it? Do I have what it takes? You're no longer going to be stuck with low to no growth in your business. You're going to be able to grow your business and you're going to have all your money worries be over. But more important than even that, you're going to believe in yourself. You're going to believe that you can handle anything life has to throw at you. And that's the thing I want for you more than anything. Okay. Chaz Wilson, my man, thank you so much for being on our show. It was a real honor to have you here. Likewise, I appreciate it, my man. Thank you so much. Oh, it's my pleasure. And that wraps up another exciting episode of the podcast, The Thought Leader Revolution. To find out more about today's incredible guest, the one and only Chaz Wilson of Master Networks, and to find out more about his new book, Impact, go to thethoughtleaderrevolution.com, go into the show notes, go to his website, take advantage of all the free resources he's offered you. Make sure that you do that. And make sure that you go to eCircleAcademy.com and take advantage of all the free resources that I've offered you as well. Until next time, goodbye.